2: And welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with the Hockey Art Co., hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartco.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. This is episode 59. Welcome along. Going to try a slightly different setup this week. This episode is going to be the match reports, coaches' thoughts, latest news and fixtures, and then this week's interview with Champions of Chieftain's captain, Alan Lack, will be a separate episode. Uh, and there may well be another interview episode dropping this week as well, although that may well just be YouTube only, but I will let you know. Uh, if you like it this way, please let me know, or if you like it the other way around and would prefer it all together in one episode, then do please let me know. Your feedback is invaluable. Um, I'd like to say thank you once again to Jamie McElroy for giving up his time for ZPG last week. I've had some phenomenal feedback regarding that episode, and I do hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, please remember if you can, the feedback is just so invaluable. Whether it be good or bad, I'd like to hear it all. This does take a fair bit of time to get all this together and release as quickly as possible after the weekend's games. So, the, so, yeah, just as much feedback as possible would be great. So the news from the Britain division then. After last week's fixtures, the NIHL Department of Player Safety have handed Brad Watchhorn a five-game ban. Two for fighting an unwilling opponent and three for fighting third man in. Now, in my opinion, having seen the incident live, uh, and then I was befuddled by the wording in- inconsistency in the suspension. Cam Bartlett received four games for fighting an unwilling opponent, so why is this one two? My only thought is it's perhaps because Richie Pickering was prepared to fight Harry Hatfield. The, t- the tilt was seemingly agreed between the two. However, the real issue for me is Watch one was not on the ice when the altercation started. He then skated on and shoved Pickering from behind to the ground and continued to hit him on the blind side. Uh, In the Morley up north last week, the Whitley Warriors player received two for leaving the bench during an altercation, so that could have perhaps been added in or taken away from the unwilling part. But for me, the length of the ban is probably about right, but they need to sort out the consistency and the wording of these explanations, as it has to be transparent, available for everyone to see, so that we can all understand why these decisions are being made. And for for them to save face, really, the EIHA seem intent on embarrassing themselves to the point of their members actually leaving, rather than just disbanding the organisation themselves. Over the weekend, um, last week's guest Jamie McElroy revealed certain issues regarding finance within the English Ice Hockey Association that leave more questions than answers. Um, And, you know, even as fans and as members, we're, we're left to wait in the dark while the old boys club casually dismantle our sport from the inside out. There's also rumour this week of a restructure and a, a sort of a rebrand of the EIHA into the EIH, just England Ice Hockey, which would have undoubtedly cost money. Was that really needed to be spent? It's, it seems to be more internal personnel changes that are needed rather than expensive rebrands. So if there was ever a time for everyone to stand and make sure our game is run properly, it is now. So we'll, uh, we'll wait with bated breath for the outcome of any of that any of those goings on so right all that stuff out of the way you know we like to keep it as positive as we can on ZPG uh, so in the Britain League Cup the Slough Jets and the Chelmsford Chieftains are the first sides to confirm their semi-final berths looking forward to the rest of the teams now confirming their spots. It's going to be an incredibly competitive competition uh, so now we head to the weekend's games and we start on Saturday at Planet Ice in Gosport <laughs> slough jets are the visitors to the devils cauldron the early start on the small pad rarely disappoints and saturday was no exception the devils took an early lead through dan lackey on 323 assisted by the returning mark pitts within seconds of the restart the jets pulled level when smithill assisted seb moore for one one on four flats just after the restart murray took two for unsportsmanlike conduct and in the resulting power play sebby moore was at it again this time assisted by Jack Goodchild for 2-1 on 5:54, 5:42, part of a power play goal. On 7:13, the game swung back as the home side drew level through Forsyth, assisted by Campbell. A flurry of penalties throughout the remainder of the first, but it stayed 2-2. Into the second, and the Devils were on the front foot quickly again as Mark Pitts was on the apples again, this time for Murray, who made it 3-2 on 21:09. But again, the lead didn't last very long as Bradburn assisted Lewis English on 21-49 for 3-3. The Jets then retook the lead with the first senior goal for former ZPG guest Charlie Otterwell, assisted by Smittle on 26-29. Straight from the restart, the Jets extended their lead when Ollie Hemmings Mayer assisted Kyle Bradburn for 5-3 on 26-43. On twenty seven oh seven, said Moore took a two minute penalty for holding, and in the resulting power play, Goodchild released Ollie Hemmings Mayer, who made it six three on twenty-seven forty two, shorthanded goal, forcing a timeout from the Devils. Whatever was said clearly hit home as the home side pulled one back on the power play, as Coleman and Osman assisted Peacock to make it six four on twenty eight twenty six. Shortly after that, Peacock turned provider as Callum perella Fox made it a one goal game on thirty thirty nine, even handed for six five. Again, both sides swapped penalties through the rest of the period and went into the third at 6-5. And the Jets flew out the traps in the third and extended their lead through Seb Moore for his hat-trick, assisted by Ty Cathcart on 41:02. Straight from the restart, the Jets pushed again and scored again as Bradburn assisted Lewis English on 41:22. Solent decided on a change of netminder and Mark Duffy came in. A few penalties followed and a tilt for Russell and Dredan, but no further goals and the Slough Jets keep up their impressive league form with a well-earned two points on the road.
3: Yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks for us as a club. Difficult couple of fixtures to slough, um, in which we've we've come away with no points over the last couple of weekends against them. And first of all, credit to them. They're they're, they're a great outfit this year. The the young, energetic, skillful. Um, line-up that they have there is, has been really impressive in the in the games that we've played and I think they thoroughly deserved their victory last weekend against us and um, this weekend I felt, you know, we started well, we had Pitsy back in the lineup, which really helped us, gave us some good balance down the middle, strong on draws which, you know, gave us a lot of puck possession, we, we got out early and once again a bit of penalty trouble really cost us, it brought them back in the game and myself picking up a stupid penalty and we 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 managed to fight oh, way back in the game, but we basically had two phases, one in the second period, where we conceded three goals in a short space of time to make it six three um and then once we managed to call it back to six five heading into the third, the message was pretty clear that you know we need to set the tone here, we need the momentum um and if we did um we you know we we'd give ourselves a chance here if we got the next goal. I felt like we'd have gone on to win that game, but once again, credit to Slough that they came out flying at the start of the third, and two minutes into the third period, the game was over at 8-5 really, and it's it's disappointing and a tough pill to swallow for us this year, and that's, you know, no disrespect to Slough, who came and played another great game, it's that, just don't feel like we're firing on all all cylinders at the moment, we're just lacking something in our end, and, and, and something in front of the net, sometimes, you know, you can't score five goals, and and not win a hockey game, but that said, we're, we're not doing what we need to in our own end. That starts from the forwards back, and and that's something that we're going to be looking at again this week as we we head into a difficult December. We've got the likes of Chelmsford, Streatham coming up, which are going to be important games for us, and we really need to bounce back and, and start putting some wins back in the, co- in, the, in the win
2: column. Planet Ice in Gillingham on Saturday saw the Oxford City Stars visit the Dynamos. Oxford now on the lookout for a new head coach after mutually parting ways with Simon Anderson. This Britain Cup clash had an even start and the home side took the lead on 4-14 when Saw and Springer Hughes assisted Stano Lastek for the first goal of the game even-handed. The lead only lasted just over a minute after the Stars hit back with a goal from Bundock, assisted by Penny and Hatfield on 5 On 15-46 the Dynamos hit back again as Bell assisted Lastek for 2-1 even-handed. But again, the Stars came flying back, and the Moes, back at the Moes and equalised on 17-19, even handed through Lorday assisted by Harris. Into the second period, and the Dynamos took the lead earlier, Stano Laschek got his hat-trick, assisted by McCallum and Springer-Hughes on 22-30. Broniman took two for the Dynamos, and Lorday took two for the Stars, both for roughing, but no goals were scored in the power play. After both sides were at full strength, Laming made it 4-2 to the Moes, assisted by Stokes on 35-25, even-handed. Into the third period, and the Stars made it a one-goal game when Hatfield and Bundock assisted Matt Lorday for 4-3 on 48-36. On 50-17, they bought it level when Taylor and Lorday assisted Harris to make it 4-4, with 10 minutes to go. On 52 minutes, Nethercell took two for tripping, and in that power play, Mads Doon and Lastcheck assisted Tommy Huggett to put the Dynamos 5-4 up on 53:02. 2 power play goal. From the restart and now even-handed, the Dynamos pushed again as Springer-Hughes and Lastcheck assisted Tom Saw for 6-4 on 53:56. Oxford tried in the last 60 seconds to pull it back, even going empty-netted, but Springer-Hughes finished the scoring with an empty-net goal on 59:41 for 7-4. Lord A and Laszczak take the man of the match awards as Oxford will head, home, head to host Romford Buccaneers while the Invicta Dynamos will head to Chelmsford. Sunday night, Ox Road, Oxford City Stars hosting the Romford Buccaneers and they welcome back Petter Cech who starts in nets. And Oxford took the lead early when Travis Penny, assisted Steve, uh, by Stevens and Mitchell, scored on 2.41. However, the Romford Buccaneers pulled it back to one-all through Robinson, assisted by Hill and Kazak on just 4:08. The home side retook the lead through Travis Penny, grabbing his second, assisted by Flanagan and Ravenscroft on 10:05. And straight from the restart, the Buccaneers made it 2-2. Hill scored, assisted by Long and Robinson on 10:22. A couple of penalties for both sides going through the rest of the period, and even an attempt at a buzzer-beater by Darcy Flanagan, but it ended to a piece. Into the second and a couple of penalties for Oxford that they had to kill off and did so quite well and then retook the lead again three two on thirty fifty scored by Danny Williams and assisted by Josh Abbott. Another Oxford penalty on thirty six forty three as they took two for too many men, and in the resulting power play Ewan Hill grabbed his second of the night, assisted by Caps and Tamarlin on thirty eight twenty nine to make it three three. The third period saw a few penalties for both sides plus a few long shots attempted and the Stars very wary of the Romford Buccaneers shorthanded goal prowess. Counting down the seconds in the third with chances for both sides but it went to overtime. Saves forced at either end but neither team could break the deadlock in the five minutes so it went to a shootout. Buccaneers went first and Brindley Cap scored. Bailey Hind Pitcher missed for the Stars. Joe Tamarlin missed for the Bucks. Taylor scored for the for the Stars, missed the target. Pascali attempted to go round check, but he saved it. Darren Elliott scored for 1-1 in the shootout. Ewan Hill scored on round four to make it 2-1 to the Bucks. Lorde scored to make it 2-2. Into the final round of the shootout, we went. Long went for the five-hole for the Buccaneers, but was denied. Before Danny Williams came up and scored his penalty shot, for 3-2 in the shootout, 4-3 win for the Oxford City Stars. A point for the Buccaneers, which I'm sure they'll be happy with from an away trip. Man of the match performances for Sam Robinson and Danny Williams for the Oxford City Stars. After the game, Carl Cattling put the questions to Stars caretaker coach, Shannon Taylor.
0: This has happened. We've had to try and implement some new systems. We've had to try and make sure that the players are all comfortable playing that system. So the last, uh, the last seven days have been pretty dramatic. But, yeah, to come away with a win and two points out of the first weekend, I'm... Absolutely delighted. I think the guys have delivered exactly what I wanted. So yeah, very very happy. How's the rest, though?
2: Absolutely. I was going to ask. So how has this week gone for you? Because it has been a bit of a, a whirlwind and uh, a very busy yeah. few
0: hours, few days. Yeah. So we, uh, the decision was made Wednesday, kind of mid-afternoon. So I had a few hours to put together the practice plan. Um, Thankfully, I've been involved with the team obviously as an assistant to Simon, so being able to figure out roughly what I thought needed to change was was relatively easy. Um, I'm not supposed to say anything that Simon was doing right or wrong necessarily, it was just a little bit of a different style from myself. Um, But yeah, coming into the weekend, all I wanted and all I've asked of our players is that they put in 100% effort. And... I don't think I can fault that over the course of the last two games. They've delivered exactly as I asked and, and put, in the, put in the performances that we needed.
2: Well, so he's talking off camera, um, their coach. You obviously mentioned last night's game away at Invicta. The, the boys, you know, in your mind, performed even better. I'm um, unfortunate to, def- you know, to, to lose that game. Yep. What can this team now take away moving forwards into next week on the road?
0: Yeah, I... I think our performance today whilst I'm very happy with the win was not as good as our performance away yesterday which resulted in a loss unfortunately sometimes those are the breaks and you've got to take the points where you can get them um, in terms of where we can go I think the group of guys that we've got in the room are very very capable I think at the start of the year we were looking to target a top four position I think if we draw a line in the sand and push from now I'd like to think that we finish the league in somewhere around the top four positions if we, if we start from here and I think the guys are absolutely capable of that. And if they continue to, to grow into the systems, we've had nothing short of an hour on, on everything so far. So it's only going to get better from here.
2: Sunday night in Chelmsford, the Invicta Dynamos were in town. Never a boring game between these two. The Dynamos would, not have, been thr- would have been thrilled to see neither of the Bartlets icing for the Chieftains, whilst Kieran Rayner did return and Harrison Lillis returned from suspension for the Moes. As we got underway, strong possession forward play from the Chieftains as Damon Porter and Lee Jameson laid on for a tap-in from the slot for Barnes-Garner for 1-0 on just 35 seconds. Laming then got two for tripping on 4.52, but the most killed the penalty. Just before the end of that penalty, Maltsev took two for delay of game, and in that power play, Tommy Huggett scored, tapping in assisted by Stano Laschek on 7.54, power play goal. A few minutes later on 13.27, Dan Hitchens also took two for delay of game, possibly slightly unlucky as the puck rattled up off the glass onto the netting, but in that power play, and a brilliant power play line from the Invicta Dynamos, they've penned the Chieftains into their D-zone, and last check and Huggett assisted Bronneman on 14-17 to make it 2-1 to the Dynamos, who now had their tails in the air. Shortly after that goal, McCallum released Mad Stoon down the right, who skated to the right circle, and smashed in the near top corner past Jordan Lorde, for 3-1 on 16-37. Chumpsford called timeout and headed back to the ice, where Lillitz took a two-minute penalty for holding, but the Chieftains failed to capitalise on the power play. End of the first, 3-1. Only a testament to the performance of Jordan Lorday as he stood on his head to keep it at 3-1. Into the second, and again the Chieftains came out flying some stern words from Lewis Clifford, I'm sure, as Porter and Baldock assisted Barnes-Garner for his second of the night on 21-10 for 3-2. And shortly after, brilliant play by Porter and Baldock as they assisted Ethan Reed for 3-3 on 24:02. There was a couple of penalties for Invicta, Chard 2 for high six on 26:58, 58 2 for delay of game on 34:01. But as the period was drawing to a close, neat defensive work from Russell fed Damon Porter who released Baldock down the left, who sniped into the far top corner. Brilliant goal on 38:16 to give the Chieftains a 4-3 lead with three unanswered goals in the second period. Into the third and a goal that I'm sure Owen Ryder will not want to see again as calm play by Jameson and Russell fed Barnes-Garner at the point and his low soft shot looking for a tip-in or a rebound. Ryder tried to parry it ride- wide with his leg pad, missed the puck and it rolled into the goal for 5-3 to the Chieftains on 40-11. Hat-trick for Barnes-Garner. Straight after that restart there was penalties for both sides as Char took two minutes for a hit to the head and Maltsev took two minutes for illegal equipment. I believe he hadn't done the strap up on his helmet, so upon the hit landing, his bucket flew off. Shortly after that it was a one goal game as Lillis and Springer Hughes assisted Stano Lascek as a fast paced pass across the ice was tapped in just ahead of the crease on forty two fifty for five four. On thirty-five twenty-three, Rayner and Lillis had a small altercation that saw both take two for roughing. Richie Harris trying to get involved also took two for roughing. And as soon as Harris returned to the ice making it even handed again, he, along with Matt Bell assisted Springer Hughes to make it 5-5 on 37-45. Into the third and not the lightning start from either team as there was a palpable tension in the air. There was a period of 4-on-4 after last check and lack. Both took penalties within 20 seconds of each other. Towards the end of that, Oliver took two for hooking, leaving it 4-on-3, and in that power play, Ethan got on the score sheet again, assisted by Bulldog and Porter on 50-43 for 6-5 power play goal. Shortly after that, Tom Saw released Stano Laschek down the left and he made his way to the left circle before firing an unstoppable shot high above Lorde's near shoulder into the roof of the net for 6-6 on 53-17. Invicta had a power play chance in the last five after Porter took two for slashing. They pinned the Chieftains into their D-zone but were unable to get past Jordan Lorde who was again standing on his head and thanking his pipes as the Dynamos wrapped the iron repeatedly in the final third. The buzzer went for the end of the game and we went into overtime at 6-6. Chieftains won the opening face-off and dominated the opening periods of overtime with the calmness of Lee Jameson at the back. Brilliant hockey IQ from Alan Lack as he held the puck in the offensive zone as the D-line was changed. After which Jameson fed Damon Porter. He swooped across both circles and the slot before dangling a cracking finish into the top corner past Ryder on 62-51, overtime winner. A man-of-the-match performance from Damon Porter... Mad Stone, man of the match for Dynamos, and for me, despite the brilliant performances of Porter, Reid, Bulldog, Barnes-Garner, uh, Jameson, and Stanislaschek, if not for Jordan Laude, Victor Dynamos would have run up a very heavy score. So both sides will be searching for a bit of consistency now, and after that three-point weekend, Carl Lennon gave his thoughts to ZPG. We started
1: the weekend out with a visit from, from Oxford down to our place, and um, of course... They've had uh, some changes in their um, coaching team across the course of the last week, so we expected that they'd come with a, a slightly different approach and maybe even, you know, uh, it's always the way when coaching changes that teams come with sort of a renewed excitement around what's going on, and that was the case. I felt like that they really came at us much, much harder than they did the first time that we played them. Um, they were a little more aggressive with their forward checking and less defensive, shall we say, which, um, which I think helped probably the casual viewer for a more open and exciting game. Uh, I thought we, we started pretty well um, in the fixture. That said, we sort of slipped into a few bad habits, made a few casual errors and mistakes, given away possession, and ultimately uh, Oxford capitalised on that. So I think when you know, when we started the game we were in a relatively comfortable position, but then ended up at four all at one point in the game. Thankfully though, um, the quality in our roster managed to pull it together in the final period. And you know once we, we sort of got those go ahead goals, I felt like there was only going to be one winner. And I thought we were pretty good for our win um, across the game. And that said, you know the Oxford team really did put in a a good night's work, and it was a, a very competitive game, shall we say. Um, obviously, the, the two points were really important for us, and we went in then to Sunday with, um, you know, the the wish to, to get that four-point weekend that's eluded us so far this season. Um, Chelmsford, obviously, a different proposition altogether. Um, they're, they're doing really well at the moment and uh, are very well-organised, if I think about them, compared to to, to last season, so... We um, we went there, started very, very poorly. First five minutes, I was very unhappy with our shape. I was very unhappy with um, just sort of our application, really. We were very slow off the block. But um, after had scored, seemingly, they kind of woke us up a little. And from, I'd say, five minutes in to the end of the first period, we were the dominant side. We were We were all over them offensively created many chances and, and really took them very well um, really happy to see Ollie Broneman get his first goal um, with us and and I think that'd be the first of many that he'll go on to get this season now um, and again Stano was fantastic in that that first period uh, really um, clinical power play um, around their net where we, we managed to get to to there um, second period couldn't be further from that we were very poor. Um, again, we slipped back into the habit of of not um, playing positionally well in the zone, and um, Chelsea did well in terms of pulling us out of those positions. And ultimately, you know, they they I think scored three three unanswered goals and and were good for their their second period win. And we were, yeah, for really I was really frustrated by that because we were in a pretty dominant position up until that point. So, you know, during the second period break, obviously we, we, we planned to regather and, um, refocus. And it felt at least like the guys were in a good headspace going out onto the ice. But then we conceded a free goal literally like, I don't know, 30 seconds in. And you kind of feel like nothing's going to go your way. Um, however, the response from the guys was fantastic. And they battled throughout that third period to, to fight their way back into the game. And, um, you know, I think, you know, if anything, we were at least good for a point in that match. And and maybe if if we'd have had a better second period, we might have even got more out of the game. And um, going into overtime, of course, we we knew it's a lottery and, um, you know, I picked the guys that I felt could do the job for us. Chelsea um, did a good job at keeping the puck in our zone uh, during that time, and we couldn't make changes. And I think ultimately, tied Bodies then counted on the three-on-three three that we were in, and um, yeah, well-finished goal by them. You know, ended the night. So yeah, it was a, a shame, really, because we'd had you know a good uh, goal-scoring night, six goals away from home, and I think we rung the post three or four times in the night as well too. And were it not for um, yeah, for an inch or so either way we might have been in a different a different scenario um than what we were. But we are where we are. Um point's a point, we'll take that and um move on to next week. We've got two really tough games against Slough. and um the last two games we played we've taken one apiece each. So, you know, it's an opportunity for us to really sort of knuckle down this week and, and get ready for that and uh, look forward to um look forward to playing them. Uh in their barn on Saturday and then back at our place on on Sunday night.
2: The final game of that weekend saw the Stratton Red Hawks head up to the Thunderdome to face the Milton Keynes Thunder. No real details online unfortunately, so I don't have any goal scorers for you. I can just tell you that the Stratton Red Hawks ran out a ten 0 victors and we have the thoughts of player coach Ben Painter.
4: Yeah, we went into MK away. Um, Single header weekend on the Sunday, which. I think it's always difficult playing on on a Sunday. You have that extra day off where you sort of it finds you a while to get your legs going, especially with that long drive to Milton Keynes for us. So, yeah, it was um we we went in there not really knowing what to expect from that team. Um, you, like like everyone knows, you can't take anyone lightly in this league. But um, we knew that realistically we should be dominating the game. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm pleased with how we played. I think we we conducted ourselves in professionally and and, and played the right way. Um we had a lot of puck possession we were making making good plays and and then we we started to sort of work on other things in our game that we think we need to work on and and making sure that we're, we're sort of making sure we're doing all the little things right and we're not giving up any odd man rushes and all these sorts of things and and i think yeah realistically from from start to finish we were in control we were dominant i think we had about 70 shots or so um and and only conceded sort of 10 against so um a a few of those that we had a couple of penalty kills as well so to limit them to that many shots I was pleased with Um, and yeah I think it was a a dominant performance from start to finish Uh, we've got a weekend off coming a couple of weeks of of practice and and some more things to be working on and then we go into a a big weekend against Solent and Chelmsford uh, just before Christmas (laughs) there.
2: A massive thank you to the coaches providing their coaches' thoughts. It really is massively appreciated, and it's such a great addition to the podcast. Now we're done with all the match reports for the week. Now it's time for this. Hi,
3: it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week.
2: The Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week, then. A great weekend. It has been Obviously I was at the Chieftains versus Invicta game which saw some outstanding performances and it is a player from that game with five goals, four assists this weekend. This week's Player of the Week is Invicta Dynamo's Stanislav Laschek. Fixtures for next week then, a really busy weekend as we start the countdown to Christmas and we start with the early face-off at the Devil's Cauldron as the Chelmsford Chieftains roll into town to face the Solent Devils in a 5pm face-off at Planet Ice in Gosport. In a re- reverse of Sunday night's fixture, the Oxford City Stars head to East London to the Sapphire to face the Romford Buccaneers in a 5.15 face-off and a barn burner is guaranteed as the Invicta Dynamos head round the M25 for a 6.30 face-off at the Hangar to face the Jets, who continue to be one of the top guns in the division. In the first game of this weekend series, as Sunday sees the Jets fly back to Kent to take on the Moes in a 5.45 face-off at Planet Ice in Gillingham. A 6pm face-off at the Riverside in Chelmsford for the Real Essex Derby as the Buccaneers are in town. This is the Chieftain's charity game, so special jerseys, raffles, collections all in play. There is auction prices on their website for the uh, the jerseys as well. The final fixture sees the Solent Devils head up to the Thunderdome to face the MK Thunder in a 6.45 face-off. A weekend off for the champion Streatham, who will return next week. Make sure you buy your tickets through all the official channels. If you're travelling, make sure you check the u and the Dart Charge. Bring your voices and support your players. That is it then. Episode 59 is in the bank. Later this week will be the chat with uh, Chieftain's captain, Alan Lack. So make sure you check that out. And there may well be a bonus one coming out as well, but I think that's going to be YouTube only. Uh, Remember to follow ZPG on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, Snapchat. And of course, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your chosen podcast platform so that you do not miss a minute of Zero Pucks Given. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.
0: Podcast Network.